When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, your Survivor News Edition, episode 154. Are you my ally? I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever there are podcasts available the Purple Pants Podcast resides. Hit the subscribe button, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars, and tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Also, you can watch along to this audio podcast on the Bryce Isaiah YouTube channel. That's B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Hit subscribe. Give that video a thumbs up. And right in the comments, it seems to be a whole community in the YouTube comments. I am so excited to be talking about episode six, The Merge. And it is such a great episode, a two-hour episode that your baby boys, we had to invite a guest. So not only am I joined by the winner of season 36, Wendell Holland, contestant of The Circle Season 2, Netflix, Jack Atkins. I have the honor and the privilege to have Evie from Survivor Season 41 here on the podcast to break down everything that happens in this week episode listen we laugh we joke your baby boy cries it is so much going on so i am so excited why am i even still talking let's get in to this week's survivor news Huh? 
And we are back this week with your Survivor News, episode 154, Are You My Ally? And I am excited to be here. We have a full panel with us. So let me introduce my best friend, the winner of Ghost Island. And this is a merge episode. <laughs> so the first right. merge Starting off of Winners at War, host of HGTV show and Word on the Street. You're hearing this exclusively. There is Ooh. another HGTV show coming out in April that Wendell is the host of. Ah! Wendell Holland to the podcast. Thank you, Perp. Great to be here. That's all I got. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, listen, let's keep it going. And let's welcome back the baby boy that happens to be my little brother from a different mother, father, grandfather. But listen, we still family. Okay. He is on season two of The Circle. And allegedly, I'm on season four. Let's welcome (laughs) to the podcast, Jack. That is the Atkins, the fan favorite, the Jack Sleeve, the Jack Jack. Jack Atkins. Yes. What's up, guys? I'm so glad to be back. Another merge episode. And I'm I'm we got a great guest here. And I'll let you introduce them. Hey. Yes. And so I have the honor, the privilege to introduce the living legend from season <laughs> 41 of Survivor that happens to be my friend and a purple pants posse member. Let's welcome Evie to the podcast. Hey, Evie! Yo! I am so excited to be here. What a crew. Uh, All of your faces make me extremely happy that I am sitting here talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Thank you for agreeing to come on. And, you know, I was nervous when I reached out. I was like... (laughs) Hey, boo, what you doing? What you doing on Thursday? Pull up. And so, yes, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, it's it's my, seriously, it's an honor. And like, you know, Bryce, I love you so much. So it, it's really nice that we finally get to, we've texted, we even had a phone call, but this is, this is the first, uh, first video. So I, I'm This thrilled. is awesome. Yeah, I think you're the first guest of the season. So it's great Ooh. to have you on. I'm so excited. Yeah. And Jack is being very humble. Jack was fanning out over you all last season on the podcast like you were Jack's number one pick. So I'm going to just, I'm going to be the voice of Jack. Evie. Do you want to see my (laughs) Because I knew knew you were going to do that. (laughs) I did. I did listen. uh, You know, I I tried not to listen to too many podcasts about my own season because you just don't want to really hear, you know. But uh, people told me that you all were really nice to me in the episode where I uh, was booted. And uh, I listened to a little bit of that. And you all were so kind. And there is an excellent uh, Jack as Evie impression that uh, oh, I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed it because, you know, <laughs> oh, you never know. You never know. Um, but yeah, Merge episode. It was, it was a great episode. I'm excited to break it down. It's great to have you on. Does Jack have a bunch of buffs under his sleeve today, Bryce? I don't know. I don't know. Should we check? Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. I'm buffless today. I'm all buffless. Right. Not buffless. I, I can't look like too big of a fan when we got the guests on. <laughs> you don't want any surprises, Jack. Don't like pull know. that shirt off and have like a buff around your torso. You got to see my calves today. <laughs> well, you'll get the buff when you really make the merge, you know? This yeah. is just oh, a fake merge. Yeah. Don't want to flex, flex it uh, too soon, you know? Well, <laughs> 
Good thing this is not season 40 because we wouldn't be talking much about Wendeezy. <laughs> but Wendeezy, let's kick this episode off. What you got for oh. us? I'm so excited. We got the living legend, Evie in the building. We got oh. Jack Atkins and uh, Wendell. And the, <laughs> the, the merge booth from 40, Wendell. Yes. All right. Well, we started off on uh, on Vati, night 11. This was after they just voted Daniel out. And Chanel comes back. She threw a vote Mike's way. And Mike was feeling some kind of way about it. In his confessional, he said, expected, no, surprised, no. Um, you know, he Mike is out there ready for everything. And he was he was not too happy about that. But at the camp, he kind of like, they kind of put on a front. They were hugging. They were like, yeah, we're going to stay four tight, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, he also said he's never going to trust her again. So what do, what do we think about that? I I mean, I can't be mad at it. I, I completely understand it. I want to understand Chanel's point of view because uh, unlike me on Kageon, I didn't have the mind state of get to the next day. Like, you know, and think ahead and think what you can do. So I understand why she would do that in the sense if they... If y'all lying to me, let me just throw something out there if the shot in the dark works or something. So I get it. And I'm not mad that, you know, she threw his name out. However, I don't know if I would do my name out just because I feel like in my heart, I'm from Hoboken. So I, I, I you know, I don't know. But yes. Wh- what do you think, Abby? What do you, what you think about that? Yeah, well, I think an important point is that so Chanel voted for Mike, but Mike also voted for Chanel right? Because the majority did their little split situation. Um, So I think it's pretty common, I feel like, for like that kind of hypocritical thing where especially I feel like when it's a person in the majority that got a vote and they feel, you know, still have so much power that they can like afford to be mad about it and be like, ah, this person threw a vote my way. Like now I'm pissed. Whereas the bottom person, she has no choice but to try to work with them more. You know what I mean? But she, you know, I think did a reasonable self-preservation move like you said Bryce like gets the next day it honestly it kind of reminded me about me and Deshaun which like kind of happened at the merge episode of my season where like he voted for me and I with two votes including an extra vote that I gave him and I put one vote on him neither of us went went home I was super down to work with him but he was like what the hell have you voted for me like but you voted for me but you know Yeah, I, Mike had that icy cold quote where he was like, Lydia and Hi, I would take a bullet for <laughs> Chanel. I might just have to step aside. But I agree with what Evie's saying. Like, there is some level of hypocrisy where Mike voted for Chanel and Chanel voted for him and he's mad about it. But it's like, you guys both voted for each other. I do think we talked about this a little bit last week where I, I Chanel's move made sense from like a 4D chess perspective where she's like making sure that if Daniel plays the shot in the dark, like that there's a vote split onto someone else, but she's just kind of doing too much. And I'm a big Chanel fan. Like I, I, she's super cool. She's been one of my, my favorites from the, the jump of the season. I think she's a really sharp player, but she's just, it's a long game. It's 26 days. Like you to, to make that move. I think it's better. It would have been better for her to just kind of go along with the group hope that they have her back and show some sort of trust and loyalty going into a merge. Cause now we see she enters the merge and she's pretty isolated and nobody really wants to work with her. And so, but I, I just want to piggyback on that. That's all the more reason why if I were Chanel, 
I might throw Mike's name out there because after the tribal that was of Daniel, where she kind of sort of was like fighting for her life, she didn't know like whether people were really like rocking with her or not. So I like for me, I don't play chess. We know I, I play double dutch. So like you know, I feel like I I somewhat can understand it, even though in that moment I don't know if I would have played it, but I get it. Yeah, you want to protect yourself um, in the event that something crazy happens. So I, I can understand it. Um, Mike is like, he's a loyalty guy and he's one of these, he, if he gives you his word, he's locked in and all of that. So for someone to, I guess, betray him, even though he threw a vote at her, I yeah. think uh, I think he really feels some type of way about that. I, I do think Mike is is really, it's he's been one of the bigger presences this season. And I think he's the way he's playing the game is pretty fresh for me where I feel like he's really a straight shooter, but at the same time, he has a really good read on kind of the social and strategic standing of the game. And he's not necessarily utilizing that yet to make big moves. Like he's been honest with people for the most part and people seem to trust him. And we see that as the the tribes merge. Um, But yeah, it's just exciting for Mike, who's kind of an older guy. A lot of times that older guy, even with like a rocks, Roy, they're a little bit more lost socially and strategically, whereas Mike really has his finger on kind of the pulse of the game. So I might have to get me a Hoboken fire shirt and, okay. and get, get in the club. <laughs> we we might know a guy. I don't know. We might know. We might know a guy. Um, but speaking of rocks, Roy, let's jump over to the the Blue Ica tribe. We have him. He's doing stuff around camp. Then we have a bit between him and Tori, where she's saying that. She's saying that he must have found something at the summit. She's asking him. And he's not really telling her or anyone uh, much. Jack. He's like, Go ahead. Do you have a buff? I, I don't have one today, no. But you have them. Yeah. You know <laughs> so this. So you have them on you. No. <laughs> They're at but home. I, don't, I don't trust what you're saying that you don't have a buff. <laughs> oh, you have a buff. You don't think you didn't see what he's doing? <laughs> No, that was so funny because like why he protect he actually didn't do anything sneaky at all so like why is he like being so sketchy like that was just like a so unnecessary so so evie are you are you right in at this moment are you team at that particular moment and watching that are you team tori or are you team rocks as in Rocks, it's like he's trying to hold something from people, but, you know, but he didn't nothing. do anything. He, he looked out for his tribe. So, like, what uh, do you think? I I honestly related with Tori's perspective of, like, just tell me. Like, like because it's, like, just creating unnecessary discord. But my real opinion is I hope neither of them ever get voted out and we get to watch the two of them do this shtick for as long as possible. Oh, and it's, like, it's final- so good. It's like final travel council and Roxroy's there. They're like, Roxroy, tell me about your moves. He's like, I don't, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you <laughs> what is the move? Just trust that I was doing a good job. <laughs> it was in your best. It was in my best interest. That's all I'm telling you. So he's amazing. like, no, Roxroy, tell us. What was the move? Yeah, it's it was the funniest dynamic because it's Roxroy who's giving up the least information of anyone in the game, and then Tori who is prying way harder than anybody and just will not let up. It was right. it was so funny, yeah. And and then we have Dre and Romeo over there hearing them bickering, and they're like, like, what's up? And I think they said something like, like Tori's going too hard or something like that, and they didn't yeah. love that. But uh, that was an interesting, interesting bit. So yeah, it's very, it's very. She's very bold, Tori. She's not gonna not ask four times. Like 
yeah a part of me appreciates that like i don't i'm definitely a way to like care what people think about me which is probably better for playing survivor but uh you know she goes for what she wants yeah it's like you don't know if you don't ask but you do know that you're not going to find out after you ask 10 times (laughs) you can ask anyways and I keep saying that, like, Tori's archetype for me is like Angelina. And I mm-hmm. feel like this episode proved it time and time again. Like, when Angelina got up and was like, but Natalie. <laughs> you're yeah. Je- I was like, oh, my God. But when Tori was just like, but no, I just I'm curious if I could know if I want to know to know how you know. But do you know? What do you know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on from Tori. So we get to this challenge, and we get another one of these probes talks. He's talking to the viewers, telling them how he's going to tweak this, um, mm. this, this, uh, the this variable. beloved, <laughs> this beloved hour hourglass changing of history uh. thing. And we come in. Uh, the everyone, everyone come. He says he's going to. Give them food from Applebee's to the winners, right? Oh. He says that big and, deal. Yeah, Apple, Applebee's <laughs> is a huge deal. Okay, uh, big change. He says that they're going to tell the person they will have the power to change the game. I do think that's important. Giving, <laughs> letting everyone know that this person is going to be able to change the game. And third, uh, I think it's the winning five is going to be able to pick who goes. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, and, and, and that one of them could volunteer. Which yes. wasn't an option. Yeah. So, Eddie, yeah. I feel like what in the Danny McRae is going on? Yeah. Here? Uh, <laughs> because yeah. we know Danny was very vocal about how he would allegedly never want to play Survivor again mm-hmm. because of a twist like this. And you, somebody that was there. Yes. H- how do you feel? And do you feel like watching this episode, do you feel like I wish we would have known that before we started the challenge? Yeah, well, so first of all, yeah, we got to give Danny the props for really making an issue of it. And like, I I mean, it's been said, but like, literally, it was, I knew that Jeff was going to say something like that, because at the tribal on season 41, like Danny was like, literally, like, you lied to us, like, this is not okay. And Jeff literally went back and forth with him, like workshopping it on like, uh, you know, what if I'd said this? What if I'd said that? Like, literally asking Danny, like, what do you Mm. think? Which is honestly, I give Jeff a lot of credit for being able to like actually engage with that instead of just you know saying shut up and take it shut up and take my twist you know um when was this I'm sorry when was when was this dialogue was it like when when they were standing on the mat like right after tribal council it was like that night like so you know we the, the you know hourglass got flipped we do the challenge scramble Danny's like super pissed I mean, all all of us are frustrated, obviously, but he was definitely the most vocal. And then, yeah, at Tribal, I just, you know, probably asked some generic question about it. And Danny was like, you know, I played a lot of games and, uh, you know, this is not fair. And so, I mean, you obviously have to ask him, but I think that the major point, I still just wish that Jeff didn't say to them, like, you won immunity. Yeah. You don't like, I, it's still just like the fundamental thing that Danny was frustrated about that we're all frustrated about it is that it felt like Jeff was lying to us, you know? And so I do get that. I, I think it was much better to say, you know, this person's going to have a lot of power. Obviously the players were savvy enough to maybe get, you know, Drea straight up guessed what it was. So mm-hmm. I think that's really good, but it's just like when Jeff says you have immunity, 
Like, why would you, why would you volunteer to give up immunity? That's what he was like saying. Like, oh, you could volunteer to go to exile, but it's like, you have immunity. So you're saying volunteer to give up immunity. Like, why would anyone do that? You know what I mean? So it's just like, I just still don't like it, but it was definitely better. I completely agree. I really don't like this twist. Um, I like. I agree. It was an improvement, and we debated this last season. And, and just to clarify, Evie, you went from mm-hmm. you went from immune to vulnerable, right? And you're yeah. And, so you and, were on the, yeah. the bad end of it. And I would say for me, it was completely like that was the beginning of the end of my game, like for mm-hmm. sure, because really no one was looking at me. And then it was very much like, oh, Evie's like one of the basically only Fuel, options to yeah. vote for. Uh, and then you know, with yeah, with your boy Xander, we had to yeah. you know do mm-hmm. a little fake Make out. Some make some moves yeah so yeah yeah yeah, i I agree it's just like if if putting myself in their shoes if jeff is like and the way jeff just like says it he's like salivating over he's like you're gonna be safe you get the bar you get the applebee's you get your buff you've earned your way into the merge and then for him to just be like just kidding like no you and, and also this is the same issue i had now he gives some power to the winning team by letting them go to exile if they want which if I'm in their shoes, like, I don't really think I'm ever going to go. Cause like Evie said, you're already safe. Why would you give that up to go starve for two days? Um, and it's just like, yeah, you, you've received safety. And then Roxroy or Erica, whatever you want to compare. It's like, ultimately their decision personally, it's a, it's a no brainer to save yourself. So it's like, the, there's not even some sort of like drawback or risk. Like a lot of what I've what I like about a lot of the advantages in 41 and 42 is that there's a risk reward. So if you want to activate the advantage or you want to even take the advantage because it's a beware advantage, you have to realize that it might have some negative impact on your game. But for the people that are smashing the hourglass, there really is no negative impact. Like Roxbury mentioned, hey, like the, the, the tribe might be like, oh, why did you take our safety from us? But even if I'm in their shoes, like if Roxbury smashed the hourglass, I'm going to be like, of course you did. Like I'm not mad at you. So it's just, right. it, it bothers me. I get that. But again, somebody that, thoroughly agrees with this challenge and this uh this mix-up is that like even this episode rocks like jeff said to them like uh you sure yeah you sure you want you sure you want to have evie on your podcast but, <laughs> but then my rebuttal to that and i do agree that this one it's was a better I know, I know, I know, I'm not, I'm just saying of, of the fairness of the twist is like, say I'm Jonathan and I go, you know what, you know what, Jeff, I will go to that. I will switch places with Roxwood. Well, then Jonathan is now vulnerable and he's going to smash the hourglass because he wants to be safe. So it's like, whoever goes, the hourglass is probably still going to get smashed. It's not like there's, it's not like, oh, if Jonathan goes, he can say like, he could save the group he was with, but he's not with them anymore. So he needs to save himself. But if, but I, I see, see. Here comes Spicy Brycey. Because if Jonathan did go, mm-hmm. he would not smash it. Yes, he would. I think. He, why? Why would he smash it? Because, because he then because he, he would be vulnerable if he went, and then now he would have uh, to win get his safety by smashing the hourglass. But do we know that? Uh, so, uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I, I think. That's the problem. All right. Yeah. Now, now, Jack. Here's my question. So, it, do we? Is there another? Is there a scenario where someone? Is, or is there a way we could tw- tweak the rules so that someone goes there and is actually like, maybe I shouldn't do this? Like, do we say, or or is there a bigger um, bigger risk or a bigger, is there something, some kind of beware, something that we can attach to it? Can they then like lose their vote for a couple of days or something that would, what you got, Bryce? What, this is what, what, what I would say. 
Because we know, we know, we know Jeff listened. We know CBS listened. If someone from that tribe do, decides to sub out, Rox Roy would then go to the other tribe and the person that subs out stays on their tribe. So if, 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 what's his name? If Jonathan decides not to smash it, his tribe stays safe. Because Jack is right. No matter what, if if you go and take the place of Roxroy, then you're eligible yeah. to go home. So no, the 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 caveat. Did I say that right? Yeah, is that something yeah. that we need to add to the dictionary? No, that was okay. nice. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> well, let's finish, let's hear the rest of the sentence. First. <laughs> the caveat is if Jonathan saves Roxroy, Roxroy goes to Drea's team and Jonathan would still stay with his team. Mm -hmm. And whatever decision he has to make, he makes it. I, well, I think that's yeah. a great solution, but then this, the same problem, like I think that would be better, but then the problem still applies. Why would Jonathan then ever smash the hourglass? So then the twist is like null and void. But why, which, how would Jonathan is, know to go? You got to take that risk. No, no, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm saying if Jonathan did go and he, and he stays with the tribe that won, he's never going to then give up immunity. So it's just kind of like, what's the point of the twist? Yeah, I, I think as you're getting at, I think the thing that makes it an impossible, like a, a non-choice is whether your own immunity is at stake. Like if it's, if it's, if I do this, I get immunity, you're always going to do that. Like, yeah. but I think it's interesting because so much, I think, so my tweak, if we were going to keep it would just be, oh, have that God. person is immune. Yeah. They just, they just are immune. And it's still, and then they can decide which group do I want to save, which is an mm. interesting, you know, strategic decision, but they're still at a disadvantage because even if you are safe, like Rockstar missed the first two days of the merge, which like is what? freaking huge. Like you saw all of those conversations happening. And he wasn't a part of any of them. And even though, you know, he had his allies that got to bring him into the alliance, like he missed those mm. critical days of like bonding and seeing these other relationships form. So like that's still a hindrance for the whole game, you know? I, I, I that it was Roxroy. I think that it was perfect. Yeah, maybe it was because better. if he would have been there, they'd be like, hey, how you doing? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like they, he, that was the perfect person to go. Yeah. No, yeah, no I do so. think that fix, Evie, that's exactly what I had in mind because at, then at that point, they have a good amount of power because they're basically choosing, you know, what group goes to tribal. And within that group, they can kind of identify who might go home and that could be advantageous for them. Um, but I, I still agree. It's like you're missing out time. Now, Erica missed time and it worked out for her, but it's still like, it's just a lot to, to miss out on the first two days of the merge, which are so crucial, especially in this condensed version of Survivor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it worked out for her, but she was definitely playing catch up, you know, like oh, it yeah. definitely took a toll on the relationship building because like, yeah, she just like wasn't there for two days, you know? Mm. Right. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, Evie, I don't know um, if you've listened to the last couple pods of ours, but we take such thorough notes that we also have to note the commercials. So oh, okay. There. At this Apple point, we get a nice oh, we get a nice commercial. It is an Applebee's commercial. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> after Probst shouted out the commercial, um, shouted out Applebee's. I think not. <laughs> then we get a Lincoln Navigator commercial. Oh, here we go. These are beautiful, <laughs> luxurious cars. Um, I think I think what? Oh, okay, okay. Then I guess Bryce is forcing me to do the Bryce and Went present Chicago Survivor oh. Forty Two Watch Party. That's going on on April 20th in Chicago. We have Sandra as a guest. We have many other guests and we have some serious surprise guests. So that's a commercial for Bryce and when present Chicago, you can grab tickets at the link in our bio. But what was most important, I was talking about the Lincoln Navigator commercial. <laughs> this is oh like, my God, I hear you these cars are beautiful. They're driving machines. And when I was in Kansas City visiting Danny Boatwright for a chair, I apologize. Bryce. I'm just saying, Danny was telling me she was going to get one. I'm like, man, I want to drive around in that car. And then finally, we had this Come Dance With oh, Me commercial. Oh it Did you see that one, Bryce? It was like kids dancing with their parents no. or something. It's what is the deal with that show? Are you guys, are your parents, Wendell Sr., see a good dancer? He tries. <laughs> Wendell Sr. Would he come dance with you? I, I will punch you in your throat, Bryce. <laughs> I yeah, senior would come dance with me. He get his he get his little groove on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> senior got swag. All the swag that Wendell does not have, <laughs> senior wow. a thousand percent has. Don't do so that. I'm sure he would be up there doing a cha cha slide. Don't do that, Bryce. <laughs> Don't do it. Bryce. You can't dance, Bryce. Can you do your little Kim dance for us? Whoa. <laughs> I've been going for a minute now. Oh, Back wow. with the jump oh, wow. off. Oh. Who's in the club? K-Sun. Jump, jump off. Oh. Back up for the high. Take a pump off. Oh. Oh. And a graveyard is where we get dumped off. <laughs> okay, sorry. We got company. Stop trying right. to get me to cut up. Sorry. I apologize, Abby. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out one more. Uh, I'll do another shameless plug. We have. Uh, you paid for these or what? <laughs> maybe one day, Jack. You never maybe, know, man. Yeah. Maybe Lincoln might shoot. The Lincoln sponsorship. You know, maybe they might yeah. send you a vehicle. You never know. Oh. Uh, we have we have the the kickoff karaoke party. Bryson would present oh. uh, the RHAP live in New York City on when is it May third? And this is the party to kick off. Um, RHAP Live, which is May 4th. I think all tickets are sold out for Rob and the RHAP Live viewing party, but you can come party with us the, the night before yeah. at Mustang Harry's. The link is Ooh. it's on our event, right? So you can check that one out. And oh, and, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, so, uh, oh. So, you know, Abby, you can get the gang back oh. together. 
Yes, you will get to see me perform the jump off live. Yes, I, I need to <laughs> see that in a in a live depth. Uh, the the yes, stream did not do it justice. It didn't do it justice. Wendell and Jack both saw it in South Africa, and they oh. know it gives what it's supposed to give. He was on the stage performing it. <laughs> it was great. The, the South Africans loved him. They did. They, they, they <laughs> seen nothing like that before. Everybody <laughs> loves Bryce. He's a lovable guy, you know? Evie, do you have a um, karaoke song of choice? Oh, wow. The thing is, if I even know 10% of the words, I'm going to go hard. It doesn't okay. matter the song. So, you know, you choose and I'll make, I'll make the fool of myself. All right. You, you know yeah. the Usher song, yeah. That was definitely my song. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I randomly know the rap to that Yay. from like oh. Sweet Sixteens. You know that was that Watch was the song. My outfit's ridiculous. Wow. You got these women <laughs> all on the prowl. Oh, the prowl. Hold on, steady up. Milk. Yeah. Damn, I'm speaking the truth. Okay, the truth. I want to get in in their birthday suit. Gonna break that out at Mustang Harry's. This is just a snippet of, of what the, the listeners are gonna, gonna get if they pull what it. What Jack to, is you know. deflecting is that the podcast the listeners they're like Jack, y'all. We need to get Jack a playlist, and I feel like Evie has confirmed. I do know that song. I don't know the rap words. Nah. Though. Okay. Jack what what part right of the song off. do you know? This is before your time, probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know that. I, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let's get to this challenge, Wendy. What was happening in this challenge? Okay, so they uh, <laughs> so they drew for rocks, and we have two two uh, two teams: the blue team, Omar, Chanel, Lydia, Mike, Romeo, Andrea, and you have the orange team: Lydia, Jonathan, Marianne, Hi, and Tori. And the first part of the challenge is they have to dig out the. What do they have to dig out, Bryce? Say it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you tell us. I forget. I don't. Know. I didn't take I, that I, note. I I oh. missed that note. I don't know, but Some big you, balls. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yes. They had to dig in, in the words of Jeff, dig deep. Bryce Isaiah is the boulder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they had to dig deep and get this ball of joy, love. I don't know what it's filled with. I like. <laughs> they had to they had to dig a gigantic sphere out of the ground <laughs> and roll it through the course and our favorite castaway Mr uh Mr Jonathan decided to like walk mm. behind it and push it and he moved it a little bit and he, and Jeff was like oh it doesn't go anywhere and Jonathan made it a point to let Jeff know that it moved a little bit then he just told his tribe to come back and help him and they pushed it out of that hole which and was, uh, um, you know, it was impressive. Imp- Absolutely. Oh, easy, Did we though. lose Wanda? Super yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, Yo, digging in the sand is probably the worst aspect of a survivor challenge, I would say. It's just so freaking tiring. Digging that ball up. I mean, we did this exact challenge. It is so annoying and tiring and yeah. horrible. And so I. I can't imagine because when you think of like how dehydrated you are, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. like, and they're not even eating at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, I did one challenge in Kagiyan. I felt like I was about to die. So I <laughs> can only imagine what that would be like. And then they had to unlock the keys. They had to then 
push it through, climb up a wall to then do a puzzle. But I feel like if we give any MVPs out, uh, oh, yeah. who would you give the MVP to? Jack Atkins. I mean, Jonathan, obviously, absolute animal. But I actually shot Mike a message during this exact part. I was like, this is heart right here. Mike is sprawled out on the ball, just completely putting his body on the line. It was insane to watch. Like, it, it was so impressive. So, Jack, did the message start out with... <sighs> Hey, Mike, stop, my name is Jack this. Atkins. I've <laughs> met Mike before. I've got a lot of buffs. Have you seen the buffs? We're past that. None of us have met Mike before. I've met him via Instagram DM showing my support. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it was. it's clear that Mike is like a serviceman. Like, yeah. when he, he was laying on that, and he was just saying, like, climb up me, however you got to do it. Then he flipped over. He was like, no, just use my body. Walk on me. Do what you have to do. And uh, and when Drea tried that time and just, like, that looked so painful, like, knee straight into knee. the ball. And then, yeah. like, I, I got to give some MVP. Like, the, to get, I feel like that freaking hurt. And she's athletic as hell. So it's not like this is an easy task at all. And she was so dead and then didn't give up. And like that honestly is Survivor in a nutshell, right? And it was it was impressive to watch. And Romeo came down and helped her. Like yeah. shout out to them for like trying to figure this thing out one way or another. That was smart. Yeah. That they got they 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 made it happen. She took a beating and she <sighs> still was able to get up there. So big, big shout out to our girl Drea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Drea. So then we see that Jonathan, I don't know if I should say team or if Jonathan won. He just threw everybody up top. He threw everyone to the top. They got to the puzzle before um, the other tribe. So they had this this head start. And who was it? Marianne and... I think Lydia. Lydia. And, okay. Yeah, they so had they a little the- spat during the, uh, during the puzzle. Just a little... Marianne was like... This is the classic line I say when I don't want someone's advice. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you telling me that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all I know Mary is not happy right now. <laughs> She's getting snarky with them out here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I, that is, yeah. Being the puzzle person and having people yell at you. I mean, I'm actually pretty bad at most survivor puzzles, except for the few that I had memorized. So it's, it's really stressful to have everyone yelling at you. So I, and they, they got it done, you know, I get that. Mm-hmm. They got it done. They were very excited. They had a big celebration and that means the winners have the decision and <laughs> they can send what was it between uh, Lindsay, Lindsay and, and Roxroy to go to exile for two days or any and, of themselves. But. Yes. And they decided that Lindsay, she needed to eat. That was what they said. As if no one else. As if like, we're all not out here. Yes. Starving. I don't know why that bothered me a little bit because I was just like, uh, say what you want to say. Like, say it. Don't like, don't give me an ambiguous excuse like that. Wait a minute. Did I say that right? No, you, 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 you were, you're good, but. Bryce, do you think someone in the game of Survivor should say what they mean or what they need to say? Or I, should I just, they keep it a little political and be like, ah, yeah, but here's the thing eat. though. Is it paper, rock, scissors? It, keeping it political or keeping it 
obviously a lie. Which one? Like, which one do you want? They keeping it cute, Bryce. To okay. use a Bryce Isaiahism. Keep it cute, and they sent the baby boy Rox Roy uh, over there to. Over there, <laughs> to, they yeah. set him over there. <laughs> they set him over there. <laughs> the baby Roy. Think, did you guys think it was maybe a mistake? Like I was, I thought this was kind of interesting. The picking because if you think about it, on that obviously they don't know what the power is, right? Mm-hmm. But that group, right? It had Jonathan and Marianne from mm-hmm. the original Taku, right? That's orange from the original Taku tribe. And Lindsay was one of the options. And you know this person's going to have a lot of power. Meanwhile, you know that most of the blue tribe is on the other team. Like you got Drea and and, uh, Romeo over there. So it kind of would, I mean, I get it. It's also like you're looking at someone you've been with all this time. How do you not bring them with you? But maybe they should have let Lindsay go have that power, protect the, you know, the Taku squad. So that could have been interesting, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I agree. But then again, at the same time, the way the rules stand, she would have still been, if they would have sent her, she would have been at risk to go, like, to be on the chopping block. And if most of the other tribe is over there, then she is a liable threat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lose-lose, I guess. Yeah, that's right. the thing. Is like if I'm in yeah. Roxbury or Lindsay's shoes, like, you could, the power could pretty much be anything, but I still wouldn't want to, like, miss two days of the game, stand right. out for having some sort of power that might be anonymous, you know, because that just kind of puts a target on your back. So I guess if I was in Lindsay's shoes, I would want them to take me. But I do know what you're saying. If you're Jonathan, you're Marianne, you might want to send someone that you have a little bit more trust in over there to to deal with whatever power. Now, it might have worked out the same where she probably smashes the hourglass and it, it doesn't really matter. But if, if you know right. that someone might have a, a big chance to like maybe you think, oh, she gets to swap someone from the losing tribe with the winning tribe or something like that, and that could actually help your game out a lot. So, yeah, yeah. And then we, um, then we have our boy Roxroy standing there, and Propes asks him how he feels about it, and he says he's excited to go out there. He wants to go out there. Um, he's so good for Roxroy. I, I like that. Um, but we also get in a confessional where he says. Like, no, we all need food. We all have been starving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of like a double, double edged sword. But then, you know, we get to Bryce's favorite part where we have another commercial. And in this go. commercial, it happened to be a survivor commercial. We see Jay Ooh. and Adam. Yeah, that was Adam. Cute. It was good to see them, that little throwback. Then we get this commercial for something it's hard for me to pronounce it's like uber levy it's a migraine medicine have you heard of this um evie have i have not i will say i mute the commercials thank you can we mute wendell let's no we can't mute wendell because then we have this commercial it has a bunch of old people in it and i'm like what's going on with the old people and then they start talking about dogs dogs help us live longer and blah 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 but it's just this commercial with all these old folks and then we learn that it's a dog food commercial. Look at that. Evie, are you oh, a animal wow. person? <laughs> like, wow. What? <laughs> we go uh, more and more in depth on the commercials every week. <laughs> <laughs> but why are they just showing us all of these uh, more seasoned folks? I'm not going to say old folks. More seasoned folks. And Later then in life. Like, that's the, the technical term. Uh, <laughs> Later days. Later you. Days. Thank you, Evie. Yeah. <laughs> Evie, are you a dog person? I'm a huge dog person. I don't have a dog, but I have a god dog, uh, who's my one of my best friends' dog, and we dog sit for him a lot. And uh, yeah, dogs rock. 
Nice. I actually have a parrot. My parrot. I've been a parrot growing up. I feel like Omar and I can bond about that one day. God, yeah. The birds. Yeah. Very nice. I um. My mom has a dog named Dar, short for Dar Salaam, the capital of Tanzania. So, uh, wow. We don't like Dar though. But next Dar doesn't like Bryce. Every time Bryce comes in, he'll like try to bite him or something. (laughs) But (laughs) um, he's got good instincts. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. Spicy Effie coming through. Yes. Listen, you're all my number one. We're- oh. <laughs> all right, Swathi. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what might be one of the most important commercials? Un- it's uh, Okay, fine. I'll tell you about Bryce and Wem present the homecoming in Philadelphia on May 11th. Whoa. Okay, we coming back to Philly for our people because Philly has been asking for it. So we're going to have a wonderful event at the Winston May 11th here in Philly. It's going to be a great time. Um, but what's the second best commercial, you know, aside from the Bryce and Wen one is betterhelp.com. It's a, oh it is, God. it's a, no, it's for therapy and we are yeah, mental health fair. advocates and we need to understand. I'm going to be paying for you for all this. Man. Right. <laughs> uh, they don't have to betterhelp.com does not. <laughs> Better, uh, like I said, betterhelp.com does not have to pay me for this for me to advocate for keeping your mental health sharp and intact. Yeah, so. I'm with you, Endo, and I'll take this. We'll do some more free, just a quick another free ad. I mean, the worst part, it's like when you need a therapist, it's so hard to find one, you know, and like find one that's good. And then you have to find one that you like, you like, and it can be, it can be a lot. So I've you never done Tory. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, hey. I don't know with your therapist being Tori, and maybe that's not the therapist for you. So. Nah, she's probably great. <laughs> <laughs> the last commercial was a Domino's commercial, and we all love some Domino's. Anyway, we get to the merge feast, or this feast that is just the feast, right? Okay, here's yeah. my question. I have a question. Wendell, yeah. did you ever have a Applebee's or an Outback or like one of these types? None of those sponsored ones. We had like Taco yeah. Tuesday and stuff like that. Because I feel like I feel like the regular merch feast is better than the Applebee's. I, listen, that's that hot take. Listen, yeah, I, let's listen. ask Bryce about his. <laughs> Tell us, Bryce. <laughs> Break it down. So I'm not sure if you're aware, Evie or Jack. I did not make the merch. Uh, I didn't know. So. know. You're worry. so dateable, though. You, you know, know yeah. when I went out to Survivor, I didn't want to win. Like the only thing that I wanted to do was <laughs> like I wanted to like scramble the eggs and like I wanted the merch. Yeah. Yeah. So I, oh, it just you know I wasn't able to do it, but I. I always enjoy a merge feast and I'm with you, Evie. Like I don't like these sponsored merge feast or Well, fest. I think you know, right? And I think the thing is you want like everyone because especially when you're like starving this amount, right? You need to like ease your way up. Like everyone on like we had been talking about it obviously so much on Yasa before the the feast, and everyone was like, eat fruit first, like get your stomach settled a little bit, uh. then go ham on like meats and cheeses and stuff. And like look at this picture. All they have is like fried food you know okay. i just don't feel and like that's what you need i i agree because i was just like baby my the way my stomach of not eating anything for 11 days and let me have one of them burgers that did not look cooked um <laughs> I, I would be dying but i do want to take this time because everyone on twitter was going crazy because during the challenge jeff 
apparently a member of the Purple Pants uh, podcast, was like, Jonathan, you are the ladder. And I said, and I, ooh. <laughs> and so everyone has been asking, like, well, baby boy, Bryce, what what are you this episode? And so, you know, it was a very tough decision because the first episode, I was the ladder. <laughs> Okay, very much so. Climb me. <laughs> the next episode, I was the boat. Okay, <laughs> pull up on me. Pull up on me if you need to. Oh, okay. oh my god! No, wait, wait, can we get? <laughs> I, I was the rope. That's the best. Oh, okay, man. can what we get the boat? Pull up on me. Wendell, explain to people what we watch it on the Bryce Isaiah YouTube channel. If you have not already, please make sure you subscribe oh, to this visual. If, if, you guys, if you guys are not watching this YouTube video, this fool <laughs> named Bryce Isaiah is, is right now. He has an image of him standing in a boat or standing next. <laughs> he is standing next to the boat. This fool is in walking water. on water. Listen, okay. And so, you know, last episode, I was the rope. And like Jack can we previously said, yeah, we gotta you know, guess. This, we gotta let us guess, Bryce. Can, can we take guesses what you are this episode? Okay, what am I this episode? Start us off, Jack. one. Okay, well, I know that during the merge feast, Jonathan oh. said, as I was saying, I know oh. <laughs> during the merge feast, Jonathan said those wings are to die. Oh. He loved the oh. wings. So my guess is that Bryce, you are the wings. Oh. Okay. And if it is, I cannot wait for the Photoshop job. Is that what? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll go similar. Yeah. I'll go similar guests since you're introducing this. At first, I thought maybe you're the boulder. But Ooh, not the boulder. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? You are not. But I was gonna I say, how you have that right? right. <laughs> I see I was, you. <laughs> okay. so I was gonna I say you not- might be the burger, because I think oh. so he says he eats like Four like five thousand oh. calories a day, so he had to eat like four burgers. So I'm just envisioning two buns with Bryce oh. in between. Oh. Wow, you need buns. to you need to see the visual on this, listeners. Uh, get on the YouTube version. This get is- on it. So let's. So we are clear. I was the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> I was the boat. I was the rope. I am not the boulder. However, I am a wing. Okay, <laughs> baby boy is the wing. <laughs> I am the wing. This wing. Y'all need to watch. Click on the YouTube. Find the timestamp. This fool, Bryce Isaiah, I'm is truly in Jonathan's fist right now. <laughs> Screaming for dear life. Screaming for life or pleasure. I am not sure which one. But listen, Jonathan, you don't have to acknowledge me, but I'm going to acknowledge (laughs) you. Okay. So speaking of Bryce's friend, Jonathan, Jonathan said um, sometime after he was eating these wings, he said, I have to lay low and hope my social game carries me. And when he said that, I'm like, all right, he seemed like he's had a pretty good social game. He's making these inroads. Omar is his nerd shield uh, or his brain shield or what, what have you. And I'm like, man, this might be his episode to go. It is the merge, and he is the super standout. Mm-hmm. And so hearing that, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. 
What I will say is that, like, during the merge, after, like, you know, what Rox Roy is where he is, I thought that Jonathan, um, Hi, Drea, and Omar did a great job of, like, a kumbaya. Like, listen, this is who I'm working with. This is what I can bring to the table. This is who I'm working with. This is who I can bring to the table. And I I thought Jonathan was in a, a very, like, great place. I thought that Hi also similarly was in a great place. I thought the ladies that, you know, Drea, Lydia, Lindsay, this for me, oftentimes when you see a normal merge, you often see like so many groups going off and like you see the numbers. But I I felt like with this episode, it was everyone was bonding. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, we, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ev. No, I was just, yeah, I agree. I seemed like we like we really got to see everyone making those relationships, having these like individual conversations. I agree. I think Jonathan did a really good job. Like, I, yeah, this conversation between Jonathan and Mike that you're showing, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's so hard being a big strong guy. No, just kidding. <laughs> ever, everyone's got their struggles, and uh, I, I definitely got what they were talking about. Um, and it was like a sweet moment, you know, they're bonding over it. And I think everyone was doing a really good job of that. I, I do. I was wondering what you guys thought of High's approach. I thought it was, I mean, he was clearly working really hard to get himself in that position. But I, I was afraid the whole time I was like, High is maybe driving too much for this early in the game. Mm-hmm. And I, it didn't ultimately shock me that in the end he got potentially taken down a peg like his number one ends up going home it just felt like he was so assertive that it's like gonna be a red flag pretty early on i don't know what you guys thought i agree i felt like uh the archetype of of the archetype of ricard like where Mm -hmm. you are shining so bright and at this point high is the face of his tribe and he is not scared to like go to rocks for his alliance i i was extremely nervous for him at the same time during this time but at the same time i was hella proud as a queer black man that had played a game and i was literally too scared to be myself and Mm -hmm let them know that I could lead. So I, I, there was a double edged sword for me uh, watching that, but no, I, 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 I too had the same worries. Like, Oh my God, like baby boy, like, you know, dim your light a little bit. But at the same time, I'm like, who am I talking to? No, don't dim your light. Like is Jonathan dimming his light? That's real. <clears throat> what do you think about, we, we got a good uh, conversation between Romeo and high. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm, where mm, and Bryce I was mm, I was we were watching it together and I was seeing how you were receiving that conversation mm, because and I'm not going to I'm going to let you speak about it more than me but just to see how Romeo is this person he's from South Central LA and he had to like hide part of himself from from some of his family and then you have this guy like Hi who is living out and um and Bryce, I think we've had this conversation about other people I in the LGBTQ community where sometimes you have kind of like been a little bit more inward or reserved and you'd see someone else and be like, man, they're just living who they are mm-hmm. and they wear it on their sleeve no matter where they go. So let's, let's, yeah. uh, yeah. This conversation between High and, uh, Romeo, 
a thousand percent resonated with me because I feel like there are some people that meet me and they're like, oh, you're this bubbly, openly gay black man. And that I am that. However, in every situation of my life, I am not that. I am a black man from Philadelphia uh, that comes from a black family that is not always accepting of the LGBTQ plus community. And so there were many times in my life that I felt like I was a Romeo where although maybe to other people, oh, he's gay. It's it's easy for us to tell. But there is something that is to be said that when you have to come to that decision to say, I'm going to live my life authentically. I am going to be the person that I know I am, it's, it, it's scary. And to just see that vulnerability in this conversation with two queer men of color and, you know, somebody that maybe is a little more comfortable or has gone through more experiences, uh, lending a shoulder to another queer person of color, which we don't see at all, let alone on Survivor, truly brought me to tears. I just was like, when we were fighting for diversity and, you know, we wanted more people of color, um, I may have been one of the only people in that meeting with Jeff and the producers to talk about diversity within the LGBTQ plus community. And I would be Remissed if I did not say that as we were gearing up for the conversation to have with CBS, there were other Survivor alum uh, that told me to be quiet, to told me like literally like told me to be quiet and say like you are black. This is the issue. And, you know, with intersectionality, I'm not just black. I am a black gay man and I can stand for multiple fronts. And just to see this issue and to see this conversation play out in a way that I don't know if I've ever seen on television before of just another queer person. And of color lifting another person up and for Romeo just to be so open with his struggle because it is the struggle of so many of us that it's like, yes, to the world, we just we might be queer and you think that it's it's honky dory. But there is another thing to accept it and there is another layer to living your truth. It's scary. And I I don't have the answers. And so many people look to me like, you know, oh, you're such a pillar and I'm honored. But like, I am you. I am just figuring it out. I There are times in many situations that Jack and Wendell both know I walk into situations and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't think I'm going to be accepted. And it is with the allyship that I have with the many of people that continue to pour into me and just show me love. And so just seeing that, on the episode like and I, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to cry but like it really was just like something that I never thought that I would see on television and it's just something that like really resonated with me and there are so many times in life where like we need a high you know like it, it doesn't matter like what we are like where whatever you are whatever you identify with there there are times that you need a high and the way that high represented himself um and represented and just show love and support to romeo uh was just for me outstanding and it it just brings me to you evie um (laughs) when i talk about season 41 and the representation that you brought to the screen as you, you know you went out there and you were yourself but after 
the promo came out, you identified as non-binary. And of course, this is such a hot topic in the, the, the world today. Um, and just to see you on Survivor thriving, let alone make the merge, something mm. that I could not do. <laughs> um, yeah. And when you won those immunity challenges, like, when I tell you I was on Twitter, like, like, yes, how, like we, we've never seen Ricard Evie, like that, like we are queer and we are here. And I just am honored to be able to have a platform that you feel comfortable enough to come on. And I know I keep talking, but I'm just saying like it, this conversation is just so important. And so I'm so curious to know like what your thoughts of seeing this conversation uh, as being another queer person like myself. Uh, like, I, I just, I just want to start by just like thanking you so much for just like existing and being you and being, I feel like you're so open about yourself and about your struggles and how hard it is to be vulnerable and all that. And I think it's like really amazing and important to like have you say that and people like Romeo say that. And like, I think, you know, yeah, when you go on TV and you're like, okay, I'm going to wear this identity. Of course, you want to wear it as proudly as possible and, you know, represent. But like it's sometimes for someone at home is watching that and isn't there yet. Right. Isn't out in their community to anyone they know. They might look at you and think like, wow, that's so awesome for them. And like, I'm so glad that exists. But like, how do I possibly get from where I am to where they are? You know, and to see people talking about like even for Romeo, who's freaking on TV right now, being open about his queerness it's hard for him still, you know, and you can like be someone who it's hard for you now. And like, maybe one day you'll get to the point that you're more open about it, you know? And like, we all have those struggles and identity isn't easy. And like the, the thing that about the uh, diversity casting that I really want to thank both of you. Like, I know there was a huge thing that you worked on and like, it is so different to be the one person who's a thing. Mm. And not the only person. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, especially for people, you know, people who live their whole lives as like white, straight, cis people, like just are used to walking in rooms and having people look like them. And, it, you know, and that's implied. And like, you know, yeah, I am at a point now where I'm so like, I really am so confident in myself and my identity. And like, even still, like this past summer, I was with my family at this like resort uh, in Cape Cod. And I was like, I was feeling my non-binary self so hard. Like I'm rocking like tomboy, like swim trunks and like a button up shirt. And I'm like feeling like I'm looking like so hot. So like <laughs> feeling my non-binary self, you know? Come on, snack. And, you know, feeling good. And then I get outside and it's like, this is the straightest crowd I've ever, <laughs> like I've been a part of in so long. And I felt like really self-conscious all of a sudden, even though I'm like, was feeling myself so hard. And it was just like, well, I'm the only visibly queer person in this entire place, you know? And, and it really like, it shook me, you know? And it is really freaking hard to be whatever your identity is, to be the only person in the room that has that identity is a thousand times harder, you know? So it's Don't so freaking awesome to have both of them there and having that conversation. Like, it was amazing. Evie, I have a question and this might, this isn't, it might sound ignorant, but I, I'm just, I just want to learn. Please ask. You, you ever ha feel a need to, to change how you dress or like, had you known that you were going to walk out into that, would you have said, man, maybe I, I want to wear blah, blah, blah. No, it's such a good question. I mean, I feel like in terms of 
dress, I don't feel it as much. I mean, it's it's just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear feminine clothes. Like it's just like I for me that's like I can't go backwards like that because it was so like and that's why I freaking wore the bow tie on Survivor because like for me that was like when I realized like my entire life I hated dressing up. I was like dresses, skirts, that's my nightmare. Like I'll wear you know, I'm going to wear jeans to like synagogue, like, you know, like I like <laughs> just not allowed. Uh, I mean, maybe it's, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't acceptable to me. And like, so to, to be like, Oh, there's like freaking formal wear that I love like a bow tie, like, like realizing that I could wear like quote unquote menswear, like that was like a life-changing revelation for me, you know? Yeah. So like clothes wise, it, I just won't do it. But for example, like at work, you know, everything is uh, so many meetings are zoom. And like my preferred pronouns now, I, I mean, I, 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 my number one favorite pronoun for people to use for me is they, but I still have they, she on my work stuff. And I like, don't really correct people when they use she, cause it's just like, it's the workplace and I feel awkward about it. You know what I mean? And like, I want to get to a point where it's not like that, but like, there is some amount of just like, I don't want to have this conversation with every single person that I ever come yeah. in contact with, you know? And so I just let stuff go. For, for honestly to make my life easier and it, it for me it's like I know who I am and I don't need every single person yeah. to know that but I it would be nice if it was like maybe we all just like at like it, it says they there so like you know you could just also see that on my zoom name you know <laughs> yeah An- another question from what's just and I guess might sound like an ignorant place how do you ask that question how would yeah. I how would I ask that question I think literally just say like, what pronouns would you like me to use for you? You know, I, I think that's like, I, I, and people ask me that a lot. And I think, I mean, for me and like, you know, maybe if someone's listening to this and they have a different answer, you know, like feel free to feel free to uh, respond about that. But I think just straight up asking people, you know, like, Hey, I'm Wendell. I use he, him pronouns. Like what pronouns would you like me to use? And, and I think, I think that's the thing that people, I think it feels like by asking that maybe you're being, potentially like intrusive or something like that but it's like you're just it's like I I think it should be the same as like what's your name you know what I mean it's literally like how do you want me to address you in this conversation and And it's acknowledging that they see you and like you know for so long we have fought as queer people just to be seen so I I I just echo that sentiment so much Evie sorry no no not at all and I think also just like a thing that I kind of struggled with a little bit when I was like you said, I filmed the show and it was like, well, I was out there that I was like, fuck, I'm non-binary. I mean, it's awesome. But it's like, wow, I just filmed this whole TV show and I'm people are using she pronouns for me because that's what I was using, you know? And uh, I definitely had some, you know, like, I felt a lot of anxiety of like, is it going to be weird to then, as this is coming out, to tell people like, hey, actually, I'd prefer, you know, you start using they. Um, and, you know, what does that mean? And just like, so much like pressure around the pronoun and it's like when I had the reframe of it's like it's like what's your name what what would you like me to call you for the purposes of this conversation like that that kind of for me at least like reduced the stress on it it's just like oh I like it more when people use they you know like it's you know so I think I think just asking and definitely if you want to say yours first that could be a good way to be like because maybe that you're thinking that that's assuming that the person's maybe not cis or something like that so you know Mm. Just, just say what you use, ask them what they use. And I feel like, you know, you're better asked than not asking and using the wrong one, you know? Thank you. 
I have so many questions, but in the interest of time, I will not ask all of them. I'll save it for another time. Maybe when I see you in New York. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just like, I really just want to thank you both because I do think like the diversity initiative was the best thing to happen to Survivor. And mm-hmm. it's just like, if anyone out, like, I, if you're, if you disagree with that, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but like, uh, you know, like it's just, the show is obviously better and more interesting. Like, wasn't it more interesting to have that conversation than to not have yeah. that conversation? It's just like, I don't, yeah. It's it's definitely trailblazing a lot of, I mean, there's a, a class at my school right now that I didn't get into, but it's about how reality TV is kind of like a reflection of how pop culture and, and people's understanding of like identity and, and personhood shit like are reflected through reality TV. And so with the diversity initiative and you, Bryce, and you, Evie, and, and High and Romeo having this conversation, I mean, not only is it representing, you know, those people at home who might be the only one kind of of their of their type in the room, like Evie was saying, but also it's reaching, you know, kids, for example, who might be in rural America who aren't having that exposure to things like this. And now that's sort of framing their mindset in a different way. And it's something that they're not used to in their environment. So it's just kind of benefiting everyone all around and kind of reflecting and helping move the shift in, in uh, pop culture that we're experiencing. So it's really awesome to see. To piggyback on that and the diversity initiative, uh, Bryce touched on it like a few minutes ago, but I just want to be a little more transparent with it and give Bryce his flowers. There was a time when there was this larger group of black survivors that came together there were many Zoom meetings and there was a time that someone basically said, um, it's not about Bryce being a, a gay person. It's about us being black people. And this is what we're fighting for. And when I heard that from my best friend, Bryce, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And that's when there was a rift in mm-hmm. us as a black community in the survivor community. So there were two separate groups that ultimately ended up going to speak to CBS. And Bryce, he stood on his ground. He's a gay black man. And that is very important. And I think because he stood that ground and he communicated that to Jeff and to other CBS higher ups, I think they understood the importance of that. And I truly believe that we're seeing that on this season and the, the different, the, uh, all the differences in the, in the LGBTQ community and, because of that, we're having these important conversations. Because of that, I'm learning so much more. Because of that, I'm on this Zoom with you, Evie, learning so much more and just able to ask you so many of these questions. And I tell everybody all the time that I just learned so much from Bryce on a daily basis um, about how we oftentimes as black people say the black community is not a monolith. We have, we're, there are so many differences and so many, so much diversity in our community. But similarly, I've learned through Bryce that in the LGBTQ community, they certainly are not a monolith either. And now we're able to see that. We're able to see people like Hi having a conversation with someone like Romeo. And I'm able to say, oh, man, my best friend's experience is more similar to a Romeo's. Whereas we have another friend, a Philadelphia friend, Derek Fisher, who lives his life. Bryce and I were at a celebrity basketball game watching Derek, I'm sorry, not Derek Fisher, Derek Frazier, Big D from The yeah. Circle. We were watching him. Big Brother. Yeah. From Big Brother, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just, good, I'm good. getting ahead of myself. But we were watching him in this basketball game. Big D can't play no basketball, but he got out there <laughs> and he was just himself and just being, you know, everything that he is and, li- and, and living his authentic self. And 
Bryce has even said to me, like, man, Big D is not going to change who he is no matter where he goes. And so I, I look at a Big D and I see more like a high. Or when I look at a Bryce, I see more like a Romeo. And I'm just grateful that I'm able to see it through my best friend, best friend Bryce. But also now America is able to see it through stories mm -hmm. like highs and Romeos. And I think that one thing that we wanted, we wanted CBS to be able to tell these stories um, of different people, all the shades of the country. And every like you touched on. Now there are multiple people out there. There's multiple people in your community, in the black community, in all these different communities that are out there. So you're not stepping on that island and automatically feeling like an other. When I was on Ghost Island, I was the only black guy on Ghost Island. And that informed a lot of my decisions and how I moved out there and how things I said and things I didn't say and principles I stood on and things that I couldn't communicate out there because I would be oh, this this black man that has this view that is a trope that Survivor has played on and on and on again. But now, I think that people can now, and, and as we go further and see all of these different amazing um, um, combinations of people on the island, I think it's going to give people the ability to just be themselves, play their game, not think about any other encumbrances that they have. And so... That's my long way of saying that, like, I just truly appreciate um, CBS listening, them being better storytellers or being more intentional with their stories that they're telling. And so I'm just very proud. Yes, I um, I can't let I don't want to, like, drag this topic on. Uh, but just hearing you even say that, Wendell, I just think that during that time, during that meeting, um, I wanted to give up. When that was said to me, I logged off and I said I was done. Like, it's, it, it's not for me. I can just support. That's truly how I felt. And to this day, it still bothers me because it's like, you know, the person that said that to me, and this is not what this is about, but it's like somebody that I looked up to, somebody that I was like, oh my God, this is a viral legend. But what I appreciate so much and I can't show you anymore is that like Wendell stepped up to be an ally. and. In the true definition of an ally, Wendell said, absolutely not. And during those conversations, like Wendell literally leveraged himself and said, if y'all don't want Bryce, then you don't want me. And I don't know if I've ever said that to you, Wendell, before, but like, I appreciate that so much. And I, yeah. And so sometimes being an ally you don't always see it. You don't always know it. But it, it is truly like putting yourself in that person's shoes. And when I say spicy Brycey exists, there is a spicy window that exists because <laughs> window was going hard for me and I appreciate it so much. And I am so happy that I did not leave the initiative. I'm so happy that I had the support from a cisgendered man black at that who I have my whole life struggled with creating connections and feeling like I can be my authentic true self and to just have the support of you uh and not only support but basically being like no Bryce it's not an option for you to drop out of this this cause is too important and if anyone that is ignorant enough 
to make a remark like that, we don't need to be with them. So I just say all that to say mm-hmm. that, like, in this whole realm of life, uh, being an ally to somebody, whether it is queer, black, white, Asian, blue, purple, like, just like, you know, use your voice in any instance that you can because you never know the ramifications that it can have. And ultimately, uh, the ramifications that this had is that, like, we are here, us, Jack, Evie, Wendell, myself, talking about season 43. And if that's not like... What season? 42? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. But if you knew what I meant, then why does it matter? <laughs> True. Anyway, okay. Let's get back on topic. But thank Should we I get know. back to 42? Yeah. Let's go. You're a hero, Bryce. That's the, that's yeah. the take-off. Yeah. For real. Of you guys, For real. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you might have been the third boot. <laughs> But he but is your, the wings. <laughs> your wings, man. They, yes. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway, getting back to, I guess, uh, uh, but I think that was enough. Nah. <laughs> For the viewers, we're looking Bryce, at... Bryce, if you were a, a flavor of wing, what kind of flavor would you be? Honey barbecue, baby. Spicy, honey get barbecue. real. Spicy. <laughs> honey barbecue dry rub. Okay. You're a lie. You'd be spicy. Spicy honey barbecue teriyaki. All right. <laughs> How many flavors is that? <laughs> All right. For the, the, for the listeners, it's we're looking lie. at Jonathan eating his wings <laughs> right now. That's what we're looking at. Um, but... Uh, one one funny part of the episode, and this this has to do with our girl Chanel. When people would be talking, maybe about Chanel and her being on the outs, and we'd see her roll up on them. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, what what you talking about? Oh, I think I'm gonna go spearfishing, Bryce. You want to come? <laughs> You got any honey barbecue wings, Evie? <laughs> I love I love how I was like, okay, everyone, like we we left last time, so like let's be cool this time. When she comes over, like we're gonna be and then immediately they did the same thing again. Just ran up. <sighs> I I hope she turns it around. I love Chanel. I would love her to have an epic underdog arc. Cause I feel like she really made like one mistake and it's like haunting her so much. But like if she can just survive long mm-hmm. enough. To like get some, you know, of the bottom people together. I, she's good. Like, I want her to, I want her to have her moment, you know? Yes. We love Chanel. And I feel like it is the case of Chanel being like so prepared that, like, ultimately her not telling the tribe about the vote, like, I ain't mad at that. But now 
that we have merged and now that people can share their other stories about different things, I feel like it kind of sort of haunts Chanel. And I'm hope that she can rebound because the visuals and watching it is very hard to watch. It's hard. Ugh, it's hard and that's the worst freaking feeling being on the outs like that. Like I had that after this merge vote on my season. Like mm. it is the freaking worst feeling like the absolute outcast when you have no one else to literally talk to or be around all day uh, sucks. Yeah. You're literally on a desert Island. and <laughs> yeah. you're, the, you're the outcast. Yeah. I hope unless you're rocks, Roy, unless you're rocks, Roy. <laughs> we didn't even touch on his time on the, uh, oh, yeah. on, on that Island where he was building stuff. That looks Dad. good, right? That's some HGTV shit right there, right, Wendell? That's pretty good. Indeed. He did a great job at shelter building. We might there might be a show somewhere down the line for my man. I, I would I was, watch that show. Just like I wanted to get away from my nagging wife. So I'm building a house out here in the woods. <laughs> but I was so critical because I was like, you know what? The way Roxroy has been with everybody about this shelter, about getting the water, I was like, your shelter better be top tier. And baby boy did not disappoint. I mean, he delivered. <laughs> he delivered. And that was impressive as hell. Hearing his story, um, you know, oftentimes on the podcast, we've been like, look at Roxbury with them glasses. Like, what's going on? And him talking about how him being on sent to the island and him getting to watch these sunsets is almost a, re- a reward for him being as though that he has a disorder where the possibilities of him losing his sight might be inevitable and that this is a gift and that this is a memory that he will remember and cherish again I thought like the storytelling this season superb like far out like I, I just yeah yeah Roxwell is so funny he's just the. it's just like CBS decided to go pick up a dad picking up their kid from school and just pop him <laughs> on the island and even just all of his mannerisms like I, I think I heard a Jiminy Crickets in there I think I heard a Schnikes in there uh, and Roxwell was like sorry Jeff I might might stop you to get the rice off and just was like that just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just him, him roasting his family like accidentally it was so funny to watch but yeah i mean that sunset even seeing on tv like it was amazing it looked beautiful so for him to be able to take a second to himself and just take it all in was was honestly really amazing it even had me sitting there like thinking about it you know having that time by yourself on the island is, is probably a lot different than when you're constantly around other people strategizing you could really just sit there and be introspective and and kind of grow and evolve so it was cool to see emily yeah. didn't have any of that time in london and i had a lot of alone time but it, <laughs> there was no sunsets there was just sadness <laughs> bryce how do you think you would do on on like an island like that for two days um i don't know if my shelter would be applicable okay <laughs> let's hear but that. i know that I live alone and I talk to myself all the time. So I would just, I, I would be like, I'll be singing and just being like, you want to rumble with the B, huh? So I had to the whole family dressed in all black like the like Omen. Omen. Hey. 
with my like so that's what I would be. I would literally just be given a show. So, but when it got dark in at night, I don't know. Hopefully, I can make a fire. The yeah. camera people would have been entertained <laughs> for sure. <laughs> On uh, I was sent to Ghost Island for one night, and I th- sometimes when people go to these islands, they do get emotional. They get introspective. They think about things. Um, but it's from from my one night on Ghost Island, I don't think I was as lonely. I don't I don't think it's as lonely as you think it will be because there's still a producer there. There's still yeah. a camera person there. So it's not like you just sitting in your thoughts. But um For sure. I I was appreciative that they showed Roxroy in this light. It changed my perspective on him. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I started like he became a little more likable and relatable to me. Yeah. And it was so yeah. fun to see this guy who I, I feel like, yeah, he was presented as this like kind of curmudgeonly figure about the shelter and stuff like that. And then it was honestly awesome. Yeah. To see him just like, okay, no, but literally if he was by himself, look what he would do. Like, right. you know? yeah. yeah. Tori was like roasting him like in a way, but she was honestly dead on by being like, oh, Roxway loves the shelter, loves the fire. Like he's going to have the best time out there. And it was like an insult, but he actually had the best time. Like, <laughs> It's so funny. For me, I got this. I felt like, you know, on this podcast, we were critical of that. Like, I felt like Roxroy was an old school survivor of like, you know, build a shelter, loyalty. And I felt like this new era of survivor, he was facing that. However, I felt like him being on that island alone, we as viewers could see that like, it's not a shtick. Like, this is really him. Like, he like he literally, everything that he was, like, complaining about everyone to do, he did and was flourishing. In fact, flourishing so much that he was like, well, I wish I could just stay here. Well, baby boy, this ain't naked and afraid. This is Survivor. You got to deal with the people. But, like, it completely changed my light in thinking of him. And for me, ultimately, it's like, I can't wait to see what a him and Jonathan, what him and a Mike alliance will look like. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, as strategy goes, now that he's gotten to this point, it's like, why would you ever vote Roxbury out? You know, like, you know, he's not going to be like uh, scheming, you know, he's going to do what he says. And that's like an amazing, you want those like constants, you know, I don't know that he could win but like he's not gonna tell you anything. He's not gonna tell you his last name. Like, no, Roxroy, you know? I'm in your alliance. Like you know who we're voting for. Well, who well, like, who actually are we voting for? I'm doing what's best for us. And you that's just gotta get the to you gotta get the remote out, put Roxroy on pause, turn around, open the latch, program him so that he votes your way and so that he doesn't tell anyone anything, press the start button. And you'll yeah. just be like, Roxbury, we're right. voting no, for Marianne. Just, He's like, okay. <laughs> Y'all better not do I'm my not man Roxbury like that. <laughs> no, but Drea's going to keep him forever. Like, why would you not? Like, you yeah. know, like, great, great person to have around. Absolutely. Yeah. So as, uh, as everyone, like, comes back, this is before Tribal. We get a lot of conversations and people, um, a lot of names. This is, like, you know, the merge episode. So a lot of names are thrown out. Um, some of the names are like Tori. Obviously, she's one. Chanel's one. Some people say Jonathan. Um, did we miss the challenge though? Back it up. Oh, there's like two rounds. See, this is what's annoying about the hourglass thing. Not to harp on, but it's like there's like round one of strategy where you think for two days. 
And this, like, I experienced this so I, I really had PTSD watching this episode. It's like mm. you spend two days and you think you know what's happening and you spend all the time strategizing, yeah. strategizing with the dynamics of, okay, we can vote for one of these six people. And then it's just completely flipped on its head, you know, and yeah. that's not insignificant at all. Like it's, you know, and you saw it like when it flipped, like all of a sudden people that had been quiet, like Romeo, like Omar, who didn't have, who, who were vulnerable and were just kind of like, oh, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever. All of a sudden they're like, oh no, I'm safe. We're doing what I want, you know? And that yeah. like has a huge impact, you know? Well, well, I feel like what actually flipped the game. Uh-oh. We got a video now. <laughs> oh, it was, I liked, Roxanne did a great job of uh, showing the turmoil. <laughs> Should I smash it? Should I not? He said, let me be careful with this smash. I don't want to get a glass on my knees. <laughs> 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 okay, Roxroy. I mean, I don't know. Like, okay, did you see it again? Yeah, let's see it again. <laughs> okay, sometimes everybody deserves a do-over. He said, and- "Mic drop, <laughs> mic drop." <laughs> and by do-over, baby, he sent them to the challenge. Yeah, he uh he turned back the hands of time. So if I could turn back hands of time. Oh no, you added a lyric. Okay. If I could turn back hands of You're time. Adding, adding, adding. Okay. If I could turn back time. time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If I can turn back time. All right, hold on, wait. Rocks Roy. If I could turn back time. If I can turn back time. What is this song on loop? <laughs> okay. Now, is that Bryce, re- Bryce is so happy with his editing skills, by the way. Okay, but listen. <laughs> is that Reba McIntyre? I don't know no. who sings it, Bryce. Okay. Uh, All right. Jack, that's not on your playlist? That's not on your playlist, Jack? I, I, I think I know the song. I don't know if it's a, a Reba classic or not. But one more time, Evie, just do it with me real quick. If, if I, I could turn, turn back time. Okay. If I could turn back time, I would go back <laughs> would, and not listen to y'all harmonizing, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> so we get to the challenge. Rox Roy comes out. He's he's excited. He's throwing up all these signs like, what up? Yeah, yeah, we out here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he said it was tough, but the way I saw Roxford, I was like, man, he looks good. He looks, it's almost like he looks energized or, or mm-hmm. ready to make his, ready to mm-hmm. announce his decision. So I think this was a good trip, a good two days for Roxford. And it was funny. It was a small thing. He, he rejoined and, and immediately got in line with everyone else. And Jeff was like, no, Roxford, you gotta, you gotta come over here. Roxford was like, oh, <laughs> like, Jeff, you want me to come over there? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, it was super funny. I mean, I mean, he makes his decision, which is no surprise. Well, I mean, we saw him smash the glass. I think it was hilarious that Tori was like, so good. What the hell rocks? <laughs> <laughs> we did it for you. Yeah, yeah. Was- <laughs> and then he's like, you did it for me. And she's like, partially. <laughs> that was, yeah, <sighs> we did it for you. I think I saw a tweet from, uh, from Rob Sester Nino or something saying that Tori wants to talk to the survivor managers. <laughs> yes. In yep. about five years, I think she'll be there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's, uh, yeah. 
so good. Uh, and, it's, and she doesn't care that everyone's watching this happen. Like, let alone no. that she's doing it to Rock. So, like, okay, you're just you're that person. Like, okay. But the one thing that, like, I appreciate about Tori is that, like, if you're going to stay committed, stay committed. Like, you know, like she, she was there. And again, I, again, I, my prediction is if it's a final five, Tori is there. Oh, I completely agree. Why and, would you vote out Tori? Why yeah. would you vote out Tori? Yeah. Honestly, I could see a, it could be like a Tori and Roxbury are the second and third place people. I think that would be hilarious. The dream they're there the whole time. And they're just bickering out final travel cards. <laughs> And meanwhile, oh like higher, someone's like sitting there, like explaining his game, and Tori and Rocks are just on the side, like, <laughs> oh, that would be great. Yeah, but, but um, when we got to this challenge, though, I thought it was so interesting because I'm like, oh my god, I've done this challenge in South Africa, not in an actual game. I don't, I think at this point, Jack, you might have been eliminated. And this, oh, yes, you. you know, you were not not me out lasting Wendell and Jack um, and they had to spell immunity um, and I was like I've seen this challenge before I don't know if it was spelling immunity maybe it might have been spelling reward I don't hey. know but I've seen the big boy but... <laughs> <laughs> oh. I <laughs> Did you hear Jack? <laughs> different challenge. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little different. But... <laughs> nah, Bryce, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Brenda was ready to tweet this. Brenda was like, "This is me, Bryce. This is me." No, you're not. No, you're not gonna no. walk that where back, I get Bryce. This photo from? Nah, where I saw this photo from? Saw this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bryce, that challenge on Ghost Island happened. There were a few of us holding ropes, and we had to walk a, a balance beam and stack the word reward. But, I think we did this one in South Africa, too, that one. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah when y'all was eliminated. It no, 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 but they're two different challenges, Bryce. <laughs> oh, get me out of here. Anyways. Uh, so, know. yeah. So, Bryce, where did you see it before? <laughs> Ghost <laughs> you got a video clip with that? Uh, yeah. Anyway, Tori. Okay. Tori used her her um anger at Roxroy as motivation and it propelled yeah. her to winning this challenge. Mm. She said, just kidding, Roxroy. Look at Jeff's smile on the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> he looked like he just saw another Applebee's brand deal. <laughs> it is wow. so poetic. Like I feel like it happens so much. That the person who needs to win immunity to win win, you know, it's just like so 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 wild how that mm-hmm. and it's like everyone's trying really hard. Like I don't think it's just like the thing. It's just survivors poetic sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love in um I- in winners at war in the win back challenge. Mm. Um, Natalie mm. came back like a beast and yep. like she even fumbled the challenge to start like. Like who had advantages like in that win back? Because I can't. Yeah, remember. you were so close. Uh, <sighs> who had yeah. the advantages? Natalie had the advantages. She had, I think, three advantages, okay. but she got caught up. I had, I think, I had one advantage, but oh, okay. she got caught up on the rope or something, and then ultimately she came back and and won with the with the little ball puzzle. Yeah. So yeah, it is poetic. She was the first boot, yes. and then she yeah. came back and got to the end. Yeah, and her sister was the first boot on hers. It's just like it's so poetic. Like it, it just, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. just Wendell trying to. Should have been just, Wendell though. 
Right. Natalie got too many advantages, but it was rigged. Stay lucky. Evie, I'm just trying to figure out where the poetic justice for the third boot comes in. <laughs> like, you know, like where? Oh, definitely. Well, it's you were the you were the the third boot that launched a thousand other players. You know, like I the, mean, well, that is true. You know, that you're like the Helen true. of Troy of. Uh, the, I'm here it, for it. The metaphor doesn't really work, but you know. But I'm here for it. Yeah, you're a poem. Unlike these other two that like to bash people when it doesn't work out or the word what? doesn't fit it, but you get it. I oh. get it. But. This is the one thing that I will say was that after baby girl Tori uh, won, we all just said like the strategy changed because now the people that we are voting for or we wanted to vote for, we can't vote for them. And I just like to nominate this episode to be MVP to the baby boy. Yeah. Yeah. He saw his muscle wing-eating shield in trouble, and he sprung into action. And in this moment where he was talking to Lydia, uh, where they had already decided that it was going to be Marianne or Tori? I think Marianne was the... Marianne or Chanel. Right. And at, at this moment, when he saw that she was willing to waver against her own crew. The baby boy Omar went into action, told Marianne that her name was up on the chopping block and that she might need to play her idol. And that, listen, Lydia is the name to go. He went to our good homegirl, Drea sold it to her and I'm like oh my god I'm like there's no way that this is going to work and especially when he had to go to high wow that was ballsy I and Mike are too close and I'm like oh my god are they about to flip the vote on baby boy oh I got an icebox heart in my grill uh, I got an icebox ice box where my heart, heart used, used to be, to be. Oh. A... Jack who sings that song can, can I get it can you, re, can you sing it again I'll, I'll... I There's got an ice icebox box. <laughs> where my heart used to be I got okay let's sing another Mariah Carey no bum 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 that's all I get. What's Sweet the other one? Uh, <laughs> wait, uh, got to be my girl. I used to be the one that got to be my girlfriend. What about Lil Kim? No, uh, it's on. no, don't say it yet. Hold on, wait. Uh, what's the other one? Got to uh, doom, 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 touch, doom, 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 touch, doom, 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 Touch. I'm lost. Sorry, I was having some technical difficulties, uh, which spared me from uh, not being embarrassed. Uh, that I didn't bum, know. Bum, like wait, have you heard this song, Evie? Doom, 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 touch. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. We're going to figure this out. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Where am I? Um, I am loving your rendition. I can't say that I know, okay. but uh, what's yeah. the move? I'm liking this. And the chair thing, it's not as easy as you might think, you know? When you put it down, girl, you think from more. I'm saying, what's that with me? Hold on, wait. 
Okay, so now, Diddy, I got one. I got one for him. Okay, because y'all don't y'all don't know this damn song. Ready? Evie sells it way better when she doesn't know. <laughs> Let me just get to the hook. Oh, it's giving. I love internet. Anyway, this is Omorion B2K, but not too much because we on YouTube and we don't want to get copyrighted. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard that song, Jack? I don't think so. Damn, is that, is that a Morion? That's a Morion. So when we were referring to Morion, I know a little Morion, but not there. Are referring to O? Oh, oh! oh. They get like the Morion, Janae Iko, like who was it? Chris oh. Brown, close to me. Oh, not like groceries. Like you gotta eat the like Oh, what just happened? The mic said no. They do not want their groceries. <laughs> so, Bryce, I got a question for you. Yes. When Omar goes... Is, is that your mic giving that, like... Omarion is trapped in your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. alien. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Morion? <laughs> maybe is- unplug from your computer and plug again because the, the, the sound is jarring. I was like, maybe that's not him. Jesus. Uh, oh, I think that's <laughs> Wait, is that Evie? Evie, that might be you. She was undercover. I thought somebody hacked into the podcast. (laughs) How long for that? Because y'all were really blaming me. (laughs) Talking about Omarion stuck in my mic. (laughs) I do think that Omarion triggered the the technical difficulties on Evie. He did. He said, y'all not singing the song good enough. The karaoke, the karaoke had it rough, so that they were just like just shutting it off, and it just messed up the whole thing. <laughs> um, okay, but back get, to the Omar. Yeah, we get um, when he says this to High, we get a we hear High saying, "Absolutely not." In Survivor, your relationships take precedent. We hear that in a, I think it's a confessional, right? And from my opinion, I'm like. Yeah, Heise was willing to go to rocks with Lydia. That is his number one. That's his relationship. Mm -hmm. And as we we see later, he ends up voting for her. Mm -hmm. But that that is like the the strongest currency in Survivor, your relationship. So Mm -hmm. the way I, I started trying to conceptualize how and why he did it, and maybe we should get to that later. But at this point, I'm just thinking, all right, this brilliant man high is about to find a way to to change things around. Right. Yeah. Because like they said, uh, you know, they were like, 
you went to rocks for Lydia. There's no way that like you can convince us to change the vote from Lydia and especially not high after being so close with Daniel and you know literally like changing the vote it was epic so I yeah. thought that it was so interesting this Very. could really be a make or break move for high I feel like because obviously he's he's letting go of his closest ally um, but here I'll let Evie get back in here you're on mute but Dutch the mouse pad so you can uh, there. I think there oh. <laughs> wow. like sorry you're good, no you're good. worries yeah it it was <laughs> but it, it, it's make or break in the sense that like um you're he's obviously gonna go as close to ally but I do think he recognizes a, he's got a lot of good new connections on this new tribe. You know, he's got Romeo and Dre over on the blue tribe. He's making good inroads with with Omar and, and Marianne and Lindsay. So by kind of amputating himself, amp- amputating his own tribe and taking out a member, now he's putting himself sort of in an intentional minority where at some point the blue tribe and the orange tribe might go at each other. Now he's kind of that central connection who's willingly getting rid of his closest ally and showing some loyalty to both sides. So. He really is committing to this new alliance and at the cost of one of his members. But I do think with how hard Omar was pushing it, which I think was good on him because you are safe this round. It's a good time to really establish a good majority and, and, and make a plan to get someone out with how hard he was going for it. I think high kind of cut his losses and try to reposition himself kind of in a brand new way in the game, which hopefully for his sake works out. And I think we talked about it last or two episodes ago. No one to jump ship. Mm. Not whether it's your closest ally or not, if it's your closest ally or you, who, who sees who makes it to the who makes it to the next day? And I think that a lot of the times, players like myself, first time playing, you get caught up in that. Like how many times you play? That's not the question. The question is, you get lost in. They're loyalty. coming for me. Right. You get lost in loyalty. You get lost in like what it is, how it is to play. So it, yeah. Yay. Yay. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. So uh, Marion Demon is gone. Okay. Don't say his name too loud. <laughs> but so Bryce sorry. was saying that like sometimes you get blinded by loyalty to your allies and you don't jump ship when you should. And mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this a lot because on the one hand, I was like so surprised that he did flip. But then I thought back to, you know, what happened at the merge on 41. And like, I was the Lydia, I feel like. And my allies, when I had a really great connection with them and I was able to get them to work with me and, you know, put their necks on the line to save me. And then ultimately I was saved and all three of us were at the bottom. And then Mm, Tiffany went home and Xander was, you know, at the bottom for like so much of the game from then. And so like, I mean, I need, I, it worked out for me because otherwise I would have gone home, but like ultimately maybe it would have been better for them to just let me go. Cause then it was also such a threat of like, Oh, the Yasa three, you know? And so if high goes to the mat for Lydia, now it's like so scary. The, you know, Vati three or, you know, him and Lydia as a pair. So it's like, 
I'm a, you know, you want to keep your allies, but on the other hand, like it can put a huge target on your back, you know? Especially in this three child configuration where everything's getting scrambled up. It's like if, if, if high goes to bat for his green people too hard, then the orange and blue are naturally sort of going to come for them. Whereas if he can kind of honestly get rid of some of the green people, now he's a free agent who's going to be able to leverage his position between both the blue and the orange child and really reevaluate his position in the game and be in a pretty good spot with the connections he's made. And shows his loyalty to the people that he just made loyalty to. Jonathan, Drea, Omar, Romeo, like, you know what I mean? Sometimes if that good faith of him getting rid of Lydia could have gone a super yeah. long way for him. So I'm not mad at it. Then we get the tribal. Yeah, but I do wonder if people are going to start realizing that the Taku for that orange for like maybe they were sort of willing to turn on each other but ultimately they weren't and i think that if i'm the other people in the game that's the four i'm afraid of you know so omar you did a great job but i do wonder if that's gonna flip on him you know of people realizing that if jonathan doesn't already have a huge target on himself and now omar just pulled that move it's like whoa these jokers are here to play so um we'll see yeah and at tribal we um we had a, a an interesting exchange at Tribal between Drea and Marianne. Mm. What was it? it what were well, they arguing what I'm about? Saying. I don't Did even know agree? what the what the the point was. Yeah, but it was so funny that Marianne was like, "Oh, I think we're saying the same thing," and Drea's like, "No, no we're not." I think it was. I don't fully remember, but I think it was sort of Drea was sort of like you know, like things that happen now are like have long-term implications or something like that. And so Marion was like, oh, so yeah, you have to be like loyal to your people. Like something along those lines where Marion was like misconstruing what she was saying. Right. Basically being loyal to like your original tribe right now. And then tomorrow the tribes might shift and then your loyalty adjust. But I think, I feel like Marianne was saying, like, you can still be loyal to your original and as things adjust. And uh, Drea was like, well, no, I could be loyal to us for right now. And then Wendell get voted out. And now my loyalty shifts. And Marianne's like, well, that's the same thing. And Drea turned into Roxbury and was like, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm so cu- curious what you guys think. Because, like, unless, I feel like unless someone says something, like, huge, like, you know, game changing thing that they say at tribal. It's like, does anything that anyone says at tribal really matter? Like, why are you digging your heel? Like it drew attention to it so much. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, it's like everyone's just saying shit to Jeff, you know, part of my language, you know, you're yeah, right. No. <laughs> I felt like it, it showed us that for me uh, and someone who loves Drea, it makes me understand why Drea and Roxroy are so aligned. I feel like they are very similar in like, this is how we see it, is very green or yellow. Yeah. Right. You know, sweet or sour. It's none in the middle. And again, there is nothing wrong with that game plan. Like, you know, Coach the Dragons player would love that. Well, that might be why there's something wrong A with famous the Survivor plan. winner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best to do it. <laughs> Drea um, is Drea is intense. When yeah. I look in her eyes, I'm like, "Whoa, she is locked in or something." There, she's she's got an intensity about her, and I'm in. I was think I was thinking that Drea was like one of my winner picks 
I'd say a few uh, episodes ago or, or whatever. And I, I'm interested to see how far she can go now with uh, mm-hmm. with how she how just how her intensity and like yeah. for her to choose that to to go back and forth with Marianne during travel. I was just like, ah, like just let just let the young woman yeah, say no. what she's saying and just be like, yeah, sure, yeah. But I don't know. And it goes both ways, but you're right. Like as Dre, as someone who's kind of more in a power position and who's a little more mature, like older and wiser, it is. It's like, I, it is. It is funny how you can just get into those random spats where it doesn't really matter, but you do just want to be like, well, that's not what I'm saying, right? And, right. And then Marianne's like, well, I'm. That, I am saying the same thing, and you're like, no, you're not. So it's. I, I don't know. It's kind of. It's just. It's just funny how it shakes out like that. Yeah, and let me not be a hypocrite because I kind of had a, a small moment like that with Donathan actually. Now that I think about uh, it, in Ghost Island, where we had like a bro off, I was just like, "Da da da, bro." He was like, "Well, da 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 da, bro," and I was like, "Well, da 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 da, bro," and we just had a bro off in tribal, probably for no reason. Yeah, that I shouldn't have had, but um, don't yeah. do my Jonathan like that. Who? And I, Who? My Donathan. Or Jonathan. Freudian slip right there. <laughs> yeah. But I was curious to see how the votes would go. Um, and again, I feel like this episode being a two hour episode, uh, you know, we had two people prior to Roxroy, and now we had another two people, and then in the last 10 minutes, they didn't sub somebody out and put somebody else in and I was like I'm so confused as to like how the votes are going to go and ultimately I was extremely sad to see the queen of the juicy behind self-proclaimed Lydia go home Um, but I was even more surprised to watch continue to watch the episode when Survivor plays who voted for who to Mm -hmm. see that Omer was able to get high to jump and Mike shit. and yeah. Mike. Well, Mike so, said, "Listen, if, if, if whatever you want high, I do. I do with you." He said, "I'll take a, yeah." He said, "I'll, I'll take, take a bullet, a bullet for, you. for you, and then I'll put it in the gum myself." And bam, oh. see you. <laughs> he says, I, "I'll take a bullet for you," but that doesn't mean I won't shoot myself. You know, like so. Reactions to Lydia going home, Evie. Were you surprised? Did you think it was coming? What do you think? I was very, I mean, just my main reaction was sadness because I do really love Lydia. And I just think she's just been a very fun presence when she's gotten to, she hasn't had so much airtime, but she's the queen of survivor uh, Twitter. And Mm -hmm. if anyone uh, is not out there following her on Twitter, uh, fix yourself. And uh, so that, that was, that was a shame. Um, And I do just, you know, I just think it's so sad that she's not on the jury. Like, I just think it's like that person should be on the jury. They're at the merge, yeah. you know, merge boots. Screwed. Come on, that's yeah. jury members right there. And uh, that just makes me sad. But I do think, I mean, it was a great, great move for Omer. I mean, he was at a point where it's like, we could vote out. The two options are my two, two of my allies. And he was like, nope, option C. So, uh, you know, yeah. very good on his part for sure. And for the Eco tribe, the blue tribe, I, I saw this. Every member of the Ica tribe voted for a different person this tribal. <laughs> Someone voted for, uh, Roxway voted for Lindsay, L I N Z. Someone voted for Marianne. Someone voted for Jonathan. And someone voted for Lydia. So the blue tribe, it, as they've been throughout the whole game, was just completely all over the place. But yeah, it was a great move by Omer. He really took the reins on this episode and 
is driving the narrative so far of the merge. With that big move of Omar's, how far do we? How far can we see an Omar going? Yeah. I love O, and I want to see him. Like I love O, like love, love, love. However, I feel like that move at this point makes you and Jonathan Siamese twins, and if whatever point Jonathan becomes available to go you're next or if they cannot get Jonathan out they are going to target you because like they know how loyal you are to Jonathan but they also have Marianne right I mean but like Marianne has not Marianne was Marianne was willing to go with the votes okay yeah yeah. Well, well what I was saying was Marianne was like high on this list of throwaway people along with Tori in this case from my perspective Omar it was a great move. It was a big, bold move, a it visible was. move. But the way I'm looking at it, there are quite a few f- threats in front of him. So I got Omar going deep. I th- I've been saying from Premier, just the energy I get from him. I feel like he he's sort of like a fifth, sixth place type of guy for me who's been playing it. Oh, maybe almost like a Ricard. Someone who's playing a really strong game is really has a lot of social and strategic agency. And eventually it's kind of like, you know, he might be left with the Roxroys and the Tories who no one wants to take out because they feel like they could beat him. So they're like, okay, Omar, that's the target now. But he's got, like Wendell said, a lot of shields. Even a Jonathan is a big shield for him because yeah. once people come for that duo, it's probably going to be Jonathan before him. And I feel like but he could pick up the pieces. Remember, Romeo wanted Jonathan out. And now Omar literally came in Romeo's way. So I wonder, is Romeo going to have a target for Jonathan? Like, I don't know. The The, the list is endless. So yeah. my next question is you have this Omar who kind of pulled a Ricard type of w- whatever move, but I also think of a, I think of high being kind of Ricard esque too. Mm-hmm. So True. I just I was think in a great spot. I think he's in a great spot too. I, I'm, yeah. Ex- go ahead, Evie. Oh, no, I was just saying, I, but I think the key to the Ricard was that he didn't pull the big move until final nine or whatever it was. And even that I think ultimately turned out to be just a tiny bit too early because then he couldn't get all the way to the end because he was yeah. such a big threat for so long. And so I feel like, you know, to really make the Ricard comparison is to get to the merge, lie low for a little bit and then pop. And I'm afraid, I think, I think someone like Omar, even though he did pull this big move, maybe because he's like kind of a lower keyer vibe then maybe someone like Hi, someone like Drea, someone like Jonathan who's just so like physically imposing. Maybe he might not be on the radar like as much. Yeah. Uh, but I think if if people know that he was, you know, the guy on that, then I think it's going to be really hard for him to get to the end, you know? Fair. But it's right. like... It, it, he doesn't have viewers, a Dom to be the with his Wendell, you know? For the viewers, <laughs> I feel like it seems like a really huge move, but I feel like maybe in the moment it wasn't as big as mm-hmm. it may come across. Like, obviously, Omer diverted the votes from some of his orange uh, constituents, but, like, the Lydia, throwing her name out, she wasn't a big player necessarily in the game. And so they have this alliance where you have a lot of the orange members, you have... You have Adrea and a Romeo who are sort of kind of looped in. You have High and Mike. And so if Omar was able to get the ball rolling on this Lydia vote, I feel like having that large majority alliance, people were maybe a little bit more willing to kind of just go with the flow. So obviously Omar was able to get that ball rolling, but I do think he was able to, I th- 
it's hard to tell from from the viewer's perspective, but I think he might have been able to be subtle enough that I don't think next week people are going to turn around and be like, all right, Omar's running the game. You know, I think he'll be all right. But I do think High might notice. Like, he went along, but he Mm -hmm. wanted to be the driver, Mm -hmm. and he didn't get to drive, Mm -hmm. you know? So I do think it probably popped on his radar. And Omer told him directly that it was like, I, don't, I mean, he didn't say this is my idea, but he, he was the one that yeah. told high. So yeah, he, you know, might, like, he put himself out there. I, th- I could see definitely a big high Omer face off. Those kind of seem like the main sort of strategic forces uh, kind of mm-hmm. running the game right now. So. Yeah, I uh, for me, I always thought that I was the only like rapper on Survivor that has had songs that have charted. But after the queen, well, Chris that Noble. Is, okay, well, Wendell said that had to- chart. Wendell charted. Okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah has have songs to chart, uh, and you know, here I am thinking I, I'm the only one. And listen, Evie said that Lydia on the Twitter. Makes a lot of noise, but if y'all did not know, after she got voted out, she had let the people know what she thought of on her TikTok. And if you don't follow the Lydia on TikTok, make sure you follow her. Now, let's see if we can get a little sample oh of what God. the queen oh. of the juicy oh. behinds was saying. Batty, batty, we got hot, we got shot. Eat the talk, it doesn't matter. We forgot the plot because we did a squad. Shake it up. Okay, we don't want to play too much. Listen, she was talking spicy and we love it. Queen Lydia, just know that this is a Queen Lydia Juicy Behind Stand podcast going too soon, but please know you are a living legend and it is such an honor to be able to talk with such a diverse panel here on the Purple Pants Podcast Survivor News. Evie, thank you so much for coming on and being an inspiration to me. And listen, whether or not the Amorian demon got your microphone. (laughs) I am so sorry about that. We will not hold it against you. You're going to be trying to sleep tonight and you're going to hear like (laughs) (laughs) it's going to haunt me. But I'm really so glad I got to be here. And I'm really so glad that we took the time to stop down and talk about, Bryce, like how amazing the work you've done and your amazing, like standing up for so many people, including yourself, including me, including, you know, all the people that are now going to get to be on the show and see people like them on the show. And you're fantastic. And Wendell for being an amazing ally in that moment. And I'm just really, really, really grateful I got to talk to you guys. You too, Debbie. Thanks so much for coming on. It was awesome. It is an honor, Evie. And listen, we will see you in New York. We're going to cut up. Yeah. Okay. Now I might come Jack, are you partner. coming? You getting to New York? It's it, it's going to be tough. It's I have school, school but it, yeah. it <laughs> yeah. that's near Mother's Day, right? I might have to make a little, could make a little trip out. Ah, yeah. come on. Hey. Shout, out, shout out to Christine Atkins. Yep. He is a purple pants He's podcast. He's a big posse member. You'll see her in the comments. Yeah. Listen, in the Love comments, it. she texts us. I appreciate it. But truly, no, honestly, thank you, Evie. Jack, baby boy, it is a pleasure. The Always. insight, the articulate disposition that you provide to us and the occasional checking of your baby boy Bryce Isaiah on or off camera we appreciate it and just know that you are a valued member here Wendeezy yes sir (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking a break from ordering Wingstop though I'll tell you that Bryce (laughs) 
with DC. I am not your wing, but I appreciate you uh, so much. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Ensure that you subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. Bryce Isaiah on YouTube. Click the link in the, the bio. Give this video a thumbs up. And listen, if the Amorian demon come your way, just know he is not your ally. This <laughs> is the Purple Pants Podcast Survivor News, and we are out. And come out to Chicago. Hey, Chicago. Chicago. Bryson Wynn presents. We in there. Sir. Sick. And that's going to conclude this week's Survivor News segment of the Purple Pants Podcast. A huge shout out to Evie, contestant on Survivor Season 41. Thank you so much for coming on, being your amazing self, being so vulnerable, being so honest, and educating us when we need the education. That's what it's all about. Shout out to my best friend, Wendeezy. Shout out to Jack Atkins. Listen, if you can't get enough of this podcast, please ensure that you are subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts reside. Click subscribe, write a review, tell a friend, okay? We also, you can follow along to this podcast on YouTube. Please subscribe to the Bryce Isaiah YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, give that video a thumbs up, get into the comments, okay? And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. Are you you my ally, cause it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.